What is happening, everyone? It is your boy, Kyle, and we're back with another week, another podcast of the Life Well Lived podcast. Super excited to be back with you guys today. So it has been a little bit of a hiatus. My apologies to that. I am working on launching a couple podcasts here in a row. Got them all written up. Just need to record them. So here's something from my heart. I want to say thank you for staying with me. We are going to get consistently back to once a week podcast as soon as my life slows down a little bit and we are going to finish this Enneagram journey. So in today's episode, we're going to be going over Enneagram ones, the perfectionists. And I'm very excited to talk all about ones as even I have a one very close to my heart in my life. So let's get right into it. So turn it up in those headphones, turn it up in the car and get ready for another episode of the Life Well Lived podcast. Hi guys, I'm Kyle Kirby, an entrepreneur, speaker, and friend, and welcome to Life Well Lived, a podcast designed to give you the ins and outs, the goods, and what you need to scale your life to the next level. Well, here's the deal. Because I want to get the most done, we're going to keep the what's crackalackin' section short and brief today. We're going to jump right on into the Enneagrams talking about one, but I did want to share with you guys some things that are going on in my life. As you guys know, we opened up Third Street Nutrition in July, and uh, actually, I guess it was at the end of June, but in July, and and it's been crazy. That's why the podcast haven't been consistent yet, but uh, we're jumping back in, writing new episodes as often as I can, and recording as often as I can. As I told some of my buddies, I was like, if I have 30 minutes free, I'm working on the podcast. So it really has been just that busy, but super excited to come out with a new podcast with you guys today. But I thought I'd share with you guys a funny story that's happened in my life. And and then we'll jump right into the one. So uh, we bought my wife and I like a new house, like we're the first ones to live in it in Baraboo, Wisconsin. And uh, what comes along with a new house is a brand new yard, right? So we moved into the house and it was just dirt and they came out and planted grass. And I tell you what, they basically just planted weeds. At least that's what it felt like because all that came up was weeds, a little bit of grass, but a little bit of weeds. So at first I had this vendetta that I was like, well, I want to do it the right way. And so I tried to pull the weeds. I tried to go out and weed a little bit every day. And, and that was just a lost cause. So finally I got Beth out there with me and I was like, let's just try to weed as much as we can and, and try to get the big ones. Cause some of these things were like, I mean, up to my kneecap weeds. And we got up there maybe 30 minutes in weeding like crazy, looked up and it felt like we hadn't even made a dent. So we both just said, screw it. And let's try to figure this out our way. And so we went and just got the lawnmower mowed down the entire yard. And then what we did is we actually went and bought seven years yards, which if you don't know what a yard is, it's basically like a trailer fall, uh, seven yards of dirt. We refertilized the whole yard, reseeded the whole yard, uh, filled in dirt areas where the rain or the gutters had washed stuff away and put all seven yards of dirt back onto the yard. So pretty extensive process. And uh, I've been blessed because it has not rained yet. Because if it rains, all my hard work's going to get washed away. So we've been watering it like crazy. It's been like five, six days now since we put that seed in. Um, And I know you guys are probably listening and be like, well, geez, instead of planting grass, you should have been recording new podcasts. Yes, true. But I do need to get my yard planted. So hopefully uh, it's the weekend now. Um, We're uh, on a vacation, Uh, not vacationing, but we're we're, uh, up at the cabin. So that's why I have a few minutes to record the 
podcast here. So when we go back to the Baraboo, I'm hoping that uh, some some grass seeds are, are going to be up and, and rocking and rolling. So super excited about that. And uh, hopefully we get a nice flush yard. Uh, my neighbor, Les, he's a little bit more uh, pessimistic than I am. Apparently all the other neighbors on our street that because we're we're all new right um the ones whose yards look the best basically just gave up at one point and just brought sod in so he's convinced that we're gonna have to just bring sod in at one point but i'm hoping my green thumb wins out here and that i can indeed get things going and and get uh, a yard done the right way from seeds instead of just putting sod down so that's what's been going on with us so you guys can uh, pray and have good thoughts with me that we get some grass growing. So that's what's new in the what's crack a lacking section. If you guys have ever tried to grow grass before, shoot me a message on Facebook, shoot me a message on Instagram. I'd like to know how it went for you. And if you just gave up and tried sod at one point, or if you saw it through and, and got a good yard going. So let me know that. And uh, we'll jump right back into our study on our Enneagram Ones, The Perfectionist. Today, we are talking all about our friends, the ones, the perfectionists. And I'm excited to share with you guys a little bit of inner insight on ones today because my wife is actually a one. So not only do I uh, did I study and prep for this, but I get day-to-day action, day-to-day insight into what living like a one may be like. So I'm very excited to share with you guys that today, some of that insight, some of the goods, um, and some of the both the victories and battles that even my wife have to go through goes through. So I want to start off with the story. I'm not going to talk a lot about Beth today because, well, she's not on the podcast and I want to be fair to her, but I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about like a story that, that always stands out to me um, about uh, Beth being um, a one. So the first thing that I, we'll, we'll start with like a negative story and then we'll go into a positive one, right? Because when it comes to the Enneagram, we, we need both. Sometimes the negative stories help us understand more about who we are, but it's the positives that oftentimes we find that it's the positives that really make it who we are and really help us make an impact in the world, but it's easier to identify with the negatives, I think. I think as humans, sometimes it's easier to identify what's with, with what's wrong with us than, than, than the good things. So um, one of the things I love about my wife, so one of the her uh, her love language, right? We've studied the love languages here on the podcast as well. One of her, out of the five love languages, hers is acts of service. And I think it's really funny because um, my wife is the type of personality, and this fits right in with ones, that, you know, let's say she's gone for the day and I'm home and I'm cleaning, right? I let the dog out, right? And let's say she even gave me like a list of things to do. I mow the lawn, I clean the house, I do this, 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 this. And let's say there's 10 items on the list. My wife will come home and like, greet me, you know, hello, you know, kisses, all that good stuff. And it's interesting, and this isn't a negative thing, but it's an interesting note that, you know, out of all the good things I'll do, she'll notice those and be like, oh gosh, thank you. But she always will find the one or two things that I missed, right? She gave me 10 items. I did nine of them. I forgot to do one of them. She'll notice the one I missed. She'll notice the one thing that was not completed, the one thing that needs fixing. And she'll either ask me like, hey, can you fix this? Or sometimes she'll just go and do it herself. So, this is a very uh, great example of what ones are, right? Ones tend to notice the, the wrong things in the world and they want to fix it. Now, here's the other thing I, I think is very interesting and very exemplary of my wife is we went on vacation with our friends a couple of years ago, right? And I think this was like a five-day vacation. And it was so funny um, because, and I don't remember why, I think it was snowstorms, but we ended up getting like delayed. Like our flight home was in, ended up getting delayed because it was snowing in Minnesota and Wisconsin. But it was a very interesting time because 
day one, day two, day three, day four vacation, my friends, Andrew, Lana, myself, all having a great time, right? We were, but Beth, you could just tell, was not quite settled in. And, and it was funny because it wasn't until day five, it's like she became a brand new person. And she started having fun and relaxing and started speaking Spanish to all the guys, the guys down in Mexico. And all of a sudden, it, it was like she was in vacation mode on the day we were going to leave. And that became a big joke. We're like, well, geez, Beth, on the day we leave, we're going to have to go on a 10-day vacation next time. So you actually have five days of vacation. And again, I think this is a great example of what um, ones are, right? Ones are looking to fix the world. They want to, they, they find oftentimes what's wrong with the world. And it takes them a while to relax because they're always looking for things to go wrong. And so if you have a one in your life, if you're one yourself, you might need to go on slightly longer vacations <laughs> so that uh, on day four or five, you, you finally are able to relax. But let's jump right into the basic descriptions of a one. So um, as we've been going through the series, what we do is we go through a basic description, what triad the, the number is a part of, the four dynamic numbers, their wings, stress and security numbers, their deadly sin, what a healthy average and unhealthy one looks like. And then we'll finish with some thoughts and notes, words for transformation, and words to repeat and think. So let's jump into a little bit about the basic description. Now that you maybe understand that my wife is a one, uh, some basic description of what other ones might look like. So ones are conscientious and ethical with a strong sense of right and wrong. They are teachers, crusaders, and advocates for change, always striving to improve things but afraid of making a mistake. They are often well-organized. They are orderly. They like to maintain high standards in their life. And not only do they hold you to high standards, they hold themselves to even higher standards, which we'll find is both kind of good and challenging for the ones. But they can slip into being overly critical and perfectionist, always chasing perfection. They typically have problems with resentment and impatience. At their best, they are wise, discerning, realistic, and noble, and they can be morally heroic. So the, the one's basic fear is of being like corrupt, defective, and their basic desire is to be good, to have integrity, to be balanced in their life. Their key motivations is they want to be right. They want to strive to hire and improve everything they do and everything around them. They want to be consistent with their ideals. They try to justify themselves. They want to be beyond criticism so as to never be condemned by anyone. Wherever they go, ones see errors and mistakes. They jump out and yell at the ones, fix me, fix me and they just can't leave it alone. Ones are terrified of making mistakes. If they see something wrong, they either fix it when you're not looking or they will let you know about it. As with all Enneagrams, we can't change the way we see things only with what we do what we see. So I want to make a note here that it's not bad that ones see wrong and everything or they see errors and everything or mistakes and everything. Uh, we can't change how we see things. But remember, the goal of the Enneagram is becoming aware of how we see, how we act, how we are, so that we can begin that transformation process. So not only do they have high expectations for themselves, but they have high expectations for others around them. So I can tell you as a husband of a one, I have often found myself, and, and maybe not in the best moments, but saying things like, it, it doesn't feel like anything I do is good enough for you, right? Because as a one, their standards are extremely high. And what I have to do as a husband of a one, or if you know one, is come in with grace to know if they're holding you to a high standard, it's actually because they're holding themselves to an even higher standard. So imagine how much pressure they're putting on themselves. 
but ones are great. Ones get the job done. They they are like I think of without ones in the world, we would have like I think of myself where we are with our Herbalife business and where we are with our nutrition clubs. If it weren't for my mom, my wife's oneness, then we wouldn't be where we are. And you know, I think of the reason companies in the world like Google and Nike and, and Apple like they're driven by ones and, and the world moves because of the action of ones. But if you're one, ones have this inner critic that never shuts up and is always talking. And that will be a part of transformation for ones is really learning how to silence or, or even think through that inner critic because at times it gets even louder. So you might be a one if you are overly critical and judgmental. You beat yourself up when you make a mistake. You have a hard time relaxing since there is so much to be done. You are a rule follower and do not like when others break the rules. You're focused on details, 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 gentlemen. You compare yourself to others often. You are committed. You have a hard time letting go of things. You have a lot of self-discipline. You are very good and very wise with your finances. Things in your mind are either right or wrong, and you find forgiveness is very hard. You notice when things are wrong or out of place. You worry a lot, but routines are important to you. You hate when others don't pull their own weight. You often have to redo other people's works, and you put more effort into tasks than what seems like other people put into theirs. So you might be a one if those things are ringing true for you. So let's go through some famous ones and some quotes by them. Nelson Mandela was a famous one, and he said, education is the most powerful weapon with which you can use to change the world. He also said, it always seems impossible until it's done. And a third quote by him, resentment is like drinking poison and then hoping it will kill your enemies. Hillary Clinton, another famous one. Hillary Clinton has been quoted saying, fear is always with us, but we just don't have time for it, not now. She also said, I think that if you live long enough, you realize that so much of what happens in life is out of your control, but how you respond to it is in your control. That's what I try to remember. And she also said, do all, th- good, do all the good you can for all the people you can in all the ways you can as long as you can. And I think that quote really sums up ones quite well. Jerry Seinfeld, another famous one, he said, to me, if life boils down to one thing, it's movement. To live is to keep moving. He also said, when someone does a small task beautifully, their whole environment is affected by it. So we're also going to jump in to the ones triad because the one finishes out the anger triad. So we've gone over eights, nines, and now ones, and they're all part of the uh, anger or gut triad. So nines forget their anger and uh, they take and respond. um, um, Nines forget it, right? For ones, though, ones internalize their anger, okay? Um, remember that the, the gut and the strength, tr- or the gut or the anger triad takes in and responds to life at the gut level. They tend to express themselves honestly and directly. And for ones, they internalize it, right? Anger tops the list of feelings um, good people shouldn't express. And remember, for one, being good, being right, doing the right thing, following the rules is, ever, is so important. So anger is on the list of, no, good people aren't angry, right? And so they just 
internalize that anger. They shove it down. They bury their anger so deep because they feel that the uh, imperfections like they, that they see in their environment and others and themselves isn't good. And, and they can't be around or, or, or tolerate what's not good. One stuff their anger until it sits right below the surface where it expresses itself as smoldering resentment. So if you're a one and you find yourself innerly angry, or let me ask you this, if you're a person and you find yourself innerly angry and it's always sitting right below and you just shove it down because being angry is not good and, and it's not the right way to live, then this might be a sign that you are a one. In the next section, we're going to be talking about the four dynamic numbers, the wings. You're, we're going to be talking about the stress and security numbers, as well as the one's deadly sin. So hang tight with me, and we're going to be going over those next. As we know, every number on the Enneagram has four dynamic numbers that they share a relationship with, their wings and their stress and security numbers. So let's be going over the ones wing. So ones with a two wing, and then there's ones with a nine wing. So ones with the two wing first. More extroverted, warm, and helpful than an average one, they are effective in problem solving with individuals and groups. They are generous when it comes to things like church, education, community, government, and family. So here the one is taking on the helper side of the two. Twos are the helpers. So ones with the two wing talk a lot and often try to accomplish too many tasks in one day. They have a better sense of other people's needs. Now ones with a nine wing tend to be more introverted, detached, and relaxed. They often think before they speak and are more idealistic and objective. They tend to think over decisions for a long time. One with a nine wing are better at building relationships. A one without the nine is often let down by others, which leads to resentment, so their nine wing allows them to be more laid back and easy going. Stress and security numbers are next. In stress, ones go to the unhealthy side of fours, the individualists. Their inner critic begins working overtime. Their need to perfect the world goes into overdrive. They become resentful for others having fun, have a harder time taking criticism, and become more depressed. Their want to be free of obligations and responsibilities causes them to uh, lose confidence and feel unlovable. In security, though, ones take on the healthy side of sevens, who are the enthusiasts. They are more self-accepting, spontaneous, fun, and open to try things they normally would not. So, for example here, when my wife was on vacation and she finally was able to get settled in, she was finally able to relax, my wife normally does not like spicy foods. And I guarantee you that night when she was finally relaxed on day five, she would have tried any spicy food put in front of her because she was feeling more accepting, spontaneous, and fun. She was open to trying new things when she's on that healthy side of those sevens. She, she felt like she was in a point of security. So here, the one's inner critic is quieter, and these ones are not as hard on themselves. They're allowed to be free. They're allowed to make mistakes. They shift their attention from all that is wrong in the world to all the wonderful things the world has to offer. This move to security often happens, like I just said, on vacation or when ones can get away from home where they normally at home bear so much responsibility. Ones 
become completely different people after about a week of vacation. Now let's talk a little bit about the one's deadly sin. The deadly sins of one is anger, which makes sense as this is the final number in the anger triad. But a more accurate term might be resentment. One's ask, why don't people care as much as me? Do I have to do everything myself? Ones show the epitome of the anger triad. Ones need to be perfect. They chase perfection, unhealthily so sometimes. They have this vague feeling that if they make a mistake, someone is going to jump out of the bushes, blame, criticize, or even punish them for making that mistake. They try to fix all that's wrong in the world, but the work is never finished. It couldn't be. Of course it couldn't be. But for ones, they have to try. They have to chase that perfection. When they see others not working as hard as they do, they tend to go towards anger and resentment. In addition, they see everyone else having a good old time, breaking the rules, indulging in their sins, indulging in their own desires, and not getting caught or punished for it. What the heck? Not only do they have to share their like own workload, they, they have to now pick up the workload of everyone else who isn't pulling their weight or doing the right things. So this can lead to a lot of resentment or anger for the ones. Let's talk a little bit about healthy, average, and unhealthy ones and how you can identify which one you may be or who maybe other people in your life may be. Healthy ones are committed to a life of service and integrity. They are balanced and responsible and able to forgive themselves and others for not being perfect. They are principled but patient with the processes that slowly but surely make the world a better place. Average ones have judging and comparing minds that naturally spot errors and imperfections. They struggle to accept that imperfection is inevitable while fearing the tyranny of that critical voice inside their head. Unhealthy ones fixate on small imperfections. These ones are obsessed with micromanaging everything they can, everything they can control. Asserting control over something or someone is their only relief. So hopefully so far in the basic descriptions and the four dynamic numbers and the healthy average and unhealthy ones, you can identify for yourselves if you fall into this number category. As we finish out the anger triad, we're going to go into our next section talking about just some thoughts and notes on ones so you can get a better understanding and nail down if you yourself are a one or if you have ones in your life. Let's jump right on in. Let's start with some thoughts and notes on our friends, the ones. Ones, by example, by their own example, by just simply how they live their life, inspire others to live better lives themselves. It inspires others to fight injustice, to embrace high ideals, to have high standards for their life. And I can tell you this as a husband of a one, that my wife truly makes me strive to be better on a daily basis. Now, that's not always easy. It's not always easy, always going up against high standards and, and always being faced with needing to be better. But I know when I really take a step back, I can tell for myself, everything my wife does is to make our lives better. Everything she does is to make our life and my life and our business and our pets and everything better. So when I really take a step back, I can't take fault. It, it really is an amazing thing. 
However, a one's commitment to living the high life can quickly turn into an impulsive quest for perfection that can be torturous for not only themselves, but for those really close to them. From the time they wake up to when they go to bed, one see a world filled with errors. They need to be perfect and will chase perfection at all cost. They have high standards for themselves and others. Controlling their behavior and emotions is a priority. Ones have a never-ending list of to-dos in their life. Not only is there a never-ending list, but there is an ever-increasing urgency to work through the list and get to the next item. But not in a rushed way. Ones take their time and make sure the work is done right. They will read through all the instructions and double-check they have all the parts to whatever the project they're working on. Only then will they begin the task. And while other numbers are ready to relax for the night when said project is done, ones are ready to move on to the next project, even if it's like 2 in the morning, because the next project is on the list. For ones, enough is never enough. And these high standards are often imposed on those around the ones. As someone who is, again, married to a one, I have often found myself yelling to my wife, is nothing ever good enough for you? Which makes sense to me, the house is clean enough. The dishes are still going to get washed even if they aren't perfect. Why does it matter that the bags are picked up today versus tomorrow? And if these questions are making you sound shocked, you might, like my wife, be a one. What I am learning individually and what ones want you to understand is that they are not purposely being overcritical. In their mind, they are trying to help you. They are trying to do things the right way. They are trying to improve you and their surrounding environment. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> they are trying to make the world a better place and do it not only the right way, but in a timely manner. And here's the thing about ones. Ones have that inner critic that is always talking. All of us have an inner voice that pops up from time to time, but one's inner voice is merciless. It's punishing. Why did you do this? Why can't you do that? What kind of person thinks that way? It's hard for ones to shut off that cruel, cruel voice. A one struggle comes when they truly believe that the inner critic has their best intentions at heart, which it doesn't. I mean, how else in the one's mind? How else? Could you have gotten through life up to this point without that inner voice? Because of this, ones are terrified of making mistakes. They have a hard time relaxing because they work themselves way too hard to avoid any mistakes. When they can't relax, they keep building up the pressure until one day they explode. What is normally a very mild-mannered, sometimes introverted one can become raging with their anger and someone close often gets the brunt of it. However, ones themselves are sensitive to criticism due to their need to be perfect, but are shocked when they are told that themselves they are being too critical. Remember, they think they really are doing their best to help you and, and make the world right. Ones have a few internal and sometimes external challenges, but like seriously, they keep the world moving. Imagine, just freaking imagine for a second, a world without guys like Steve Jobs, Nelson Mandela, Mahatad Gandhi. If it weren't for these guys, we'd be living in a vastly different society. Ones have a long list of to-dos, and they are quite good at getting through that list. Ones want to do the right thing. They want to be the right host, the right friend, the right spouse, the right parent, and to do all that is right at their job. 
ones believe we should all expect this standard for ourselves. As children, they try to be model kids. They compare themselves to other kids. Think back to Hermione Granger in Harry Potter, comparing herself to others and wondering if anyone else had read Hogwarts A History and then judging the others that had not. This comparing and judging unfortunately stays with ones for their entire life. In relationship, ones need to learn to put down that wall of perfection that prevents them from fully enjoying and being intimate in their relationships. They will have to embrace the fear of making mistakes, criticism, and the concern for saying or doing the right thing. Ones might not be super gushy to say I love you, but they let you know by who they are and what they do for you. They say I love you by being responsible and doing what's expected to make the world a better place. At work, ones care about the details more than anybody else. Ones make great pilots, engineers, bankers, pharmacists, programmers, architects, accountants, and editors. They also make great doctors, lawyers, judges, politicians, law enforcement officers, and of course, teachers. They are well-organized and reliable. They love structured environments and clear guidelines. I I laugh. My wife jokes that her ideal job would be an overnight stalker at Target. No one to tell her what to do. She can get to her work without anyone bothering her and feel good about accomplishing tasks one at a time, one item at a time, one shelf at a time, and finish her work in an organized and timely manner. That sounds like a one's dream. So you are listening to this podcast and you're thinking, all right, Kyle, I am a nine. And I know the whole point of the Enneagram is about transformation. How can I go from where I am now, now that I've opened my eyes, now that I'm aware of who I am, to begin that transformation process to become a healthy one, to become to to become the type of one that is able to really make an impact on the world. So let's go through some transformation points and then some points for uh, for thanks and finishing. So first step is to learn self-compassion. Begin practicing journaling what your inner critic says and then read them aloud. Or better yet, have someone close to you read them aloud and realize that no one on God's green earth would ever say those things about another person. When you can read them out loud or have someone close to you read them out loud, you realize that that inner critic is not there to serve you, but is there to oftentimes tear you down. And so when you can become aware of listening and learning to filter, learning self-compassion, you can understand and uh, how to filter through that inner critic and what they're saying. When your inner critic starts talking, be aware of it, but let it know that although you do appreciate it trying to help you through life, you are taking a new path towards self-acceptance. Resist the urge to give others to-do lists or redo their work if it hasn't met your standards. I'm looking at you, those of you who like to rearrange the washing machine, the dishwasher. Instead, catch those you love doing the right thing and let them know how much you appreciate it. Learn to relax and have fun. Ask your seven and nine friends about this. Then go at it and and, and try to understand that enough can be enough. And I know that if you're one out there, you're thinking to yourself, no, enough isn't enough. But the more you can practice that mantra and really understand enough is enough, you can begin that path of transformation. The work will still be there tomorrow. 
learn that mantra, practice that mantra that enough is enough. I know you don't want to hear that, but really practice that and become understanding and really learn to take it to heart. Learn to forgive yourself and others for mistakes. Everyone makes them. Try to learn to accept criticism from others without being defensive. And then to end this section of the podcast, we're going to be going over some some mantras and and some words of things. So first of all, here is a mantra for you, a, a manifesto for you as a one. Read this aloud to yourself. I hear my inner critic, the voice I know so well, but it but it doesn't get to have the last say about my goodness. I do not need to justify myself and be critical of others. There is grace enough for me and you. Imperfections don't get to steal my joy. And let me just say why we are thankful for ones. Ones, we are thankful for you because you are a detailed and efficient force. You think of others often and want to make life better for all of us. You problem solve like no one else. The world would be a literal and figurative mess without you there. We love you, ones. And a special dedication to my wife in this episode, because although sometimes I can get frustrated with high standards, sometimes I can get frustrated that enough isn't enough, I know that my wife loves me. She loves so many of you that know her personally. She is an awesome, tender-hearted, caring woman. So I just want to dedicate this podcast to her and all of her oneness because she is simply incredible. So with that, guys, we hope you have an amazing week. We're going to be dropping twos here shortly. The 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 episode is written, just needs to be recorded. So um, we're going to get back-to-back episode drops here. You, you will see the episode twos here. But enjoy this. If you are a one- I hope this episode was helpful. If you know a one in your life, let them know you love them. Let them know that you're you're here for them and, and maybe work extra hard to help them this week. So with that, guys, thanks so much for listening, listening to the Life Well Live podcast. If we haven't had an opportunity to connect yet on Instagram, you can find me at Kyle Kerbs, K-Y-L-E-K-I-R-B-S. And you can also find me on Facebook, Kyle H. Kirby. I'd love to connect with you on Instagram and Facebook. That will also be in the show notes. So with that, guys, please share the Life Well Live podcast with a friend. If you think you know any eight, nine ones in your life, share with them the Enneagram podcast. Share with them with all the Enneagram podcast episodes that we're going to be doing so that they can begin that transformation life. Next week, we're going to be talking about twos. We're going to be starting the heart triad, two, threes, and fours. And I'm very excited for that because your boy is a three. So we're going to be excited to talk about the two, threes, and fours coming up next. With that, we hope you guys have an amazing week and uh, love you all. Hope you have a great one. 